hops, hops, hops. Hoppity hop, hop. Hops in my belly, <coughs> hops in my beer. It's my audio middle finger to look Beers and bitters, bitters and beers. Murder the most mallets. Unique New York. Unique New York. Lucas Sellers. This sliced pork is so hot right now. Kevin Rocker. Alex, put your pants back on. Welcome to the second episode of Sauced on Beer, Bourbon, Barbecue. We're really excited that you're here today with us. Um, I'm Kevin, your host. I'm also joined here by my two amazing hosts, hosts, Alex. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Oh, fantastic. And Lucas? Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. And we are so excited today because it's the beginning of September, which means it's fall time. I love fall time. You love fall time? all the time. What? I'm not sweating all the time. Well, yes. I love the change of weather. It feels like it's actually going to be cold this year. I hope so. Last I... year we didn't even have fall. It was like in the 80s until December. I believe they call that an Indian summer. Indian summer? Yes. Not being PC or anything like that. It's an Indian <laughs> summer. Um, but fall means bonfires. It means... Leaves changing means time to enjoy doing yard work. And it also means pumpkin spice lattes. So, Lucas, calm down over there. I know I can see how excited you <laughs> I'll are. I'll try and that. hold back. <laughs> okay, so we're not really excited about pumpkin spice lattes, but we are very excited about the fall beers that come out. Now, I will say... I don't much care for the pumpkin spice latte, but it looks like this year they've got a pumpkin cheesecake frap that I have to try. That just sounds so good. I <laughs> hope you enjoy that. <laughs> it does not sound good. Uh, like <laughs> so, fall beers that we like. Obviously, Alex just said he loves the pumpkin beers. Well, I guess he wants to try the pumpkin beers. Is that true, Alex? Is that yeah, that was it? my pick of the week last time, so I guess it was a little bit early on that, but yeah. I, I do enjoy a good a good spice, smooth, sweet pumpkin beer okay. in the fall. Now, I'm not a big pumpkin beer fan. I'm more of an Oktoberfest fan, so this is the time of year for good Oktoberfest beers. We're going to try a couple of those today. We've got a fantastic six-pack six Lucas picked out for us. Are we going to call it Lucas's Selection? We can. I think that's a good we name. Call it Lucas Picks. Lucas Picks. I like Lucas Picks. Of pumpkin beers, which we're going to try a little bit later. 
be interesting to see. I'm not. I'm my my taste buds aren't excited, but well, this is one of those things. I I sent you guys the picture of it and said this is the most pumpkin beer I've ever bought. Mainly because I've never bought pumpkin beer before. <laughs> so if it's good or bad, I have no idea. I think I it's... Nothing to base this off of. It's funny that you went to go pick it out. <laughs> and not Alex. Because you're the one that actually enjoys it. I, I do enjoy it. It's not my immediate go-to. And I had just finished a six-pack when we were deciding this. And I didn't want to buy another one. So I forced <laughs> Lucas to. Okay, okay. So we're going we're gonna to jump into kind of our, our first segment today. We're going to talk about what is Oktoberfest. We're going to try an Oktoberfest beer. Um, we've got a couple other uh, good segments that we're going to get into a little bit later. So what is Oktoberfest? Either of you know. I, I sent you show notes. I didn't know until I read the history of Oktoberfest. I assumed it was more of a... time of year okay i can't think of a better way to say that uh, i'll say this i didn't realize it was an actual specifically held festival and where where is it at? i don't remember where it was at munich munich so it's a festival that's held in september all right not in october i was shocked when i read that i'm not gonna lie too I took three years of German in high school just to learn about Oktoberfest. Like, that is the main reason I took German. Ask me how much German I remember. One word. I remember six words in German. <laughs> how many of them are swear words? Four. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was so excited when I took German to learn about Octo- Oktoberfest and learn about the lifestyle and all that. And it's... It's crazy. It's not just a bunch of Germans in lederhosen's out there partying, but there's actually like horse races and archery contests. They're not horse races anymore. Okay, they're not anymore. They (laughs) stopped doing those in like the 1900s, but there could be. Like they could start them again. They have crossbow competitions. I read that. They do have crossbow competitions. And so so it was originally in October when it was the celebration of, well, we'll get into this, the wedding. Yeah, at that point, it was October. It didn't shift to September until later on when they started doing more partying and stuff like that. Yeah, and now it's just an American holiday that Americans go over there. <laughs> really, it's all our fault. It's like Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, so, Oktoberfest started October 12th, 1810. All right, And that was when... Two Germans got married, Ludwig and Theresa. Theresa, is it Therese? Therese. See, this is I didn't look up an answer. Yeah, this is where my three years of German should pay off, but it doesn't. So they got married, all right, in the city of Munich, and they decided that they were going to have a huge party. And in Germany, they they've got some crazy beer laws, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. But they had this huge party. And that's where we have the start of Oktoberfest. They would get together, they'd celebrate, and they decided, you know, after the first time of doing that, that this was really a lot of fun. Let's do it the next year. And they're like, the last two years were super awesome. And I'm pretty sure that's what they said. That's verbatim. I'm pretty sure. I'm pre- I can <laughs> maybe find that in my show notes. And they were like, we're super awesome. Let's do it a third year. 
And then they continued doing it. And it was almost every year, except if like there was a plague or a war. When Napoleon came, they, they paused a year because they couldn't have it. Um, when Hitler took over, he used it as a propaganda uh, festival for his Nazis. Um, when World War II happened, obviously they didn't have Oktoberfest because they were fighting. And then in the 50s, that's where we kind of get like our modern Oktoberfest. And I, I was looking up and I found a stat for the 100th anniversary, which was 1910, they drank 30,000 gallons of beer. Okay? That's a lot of beer. Sounds like a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> in 2014, which is three years ago, okay, they drank 6.5 million beers. That's 126,000 gallons of beer. 6.5 million. That just sounds expensive. I'm not, like, <laughs> I know it's a big size, but all I can think about is how much that costs. I can't even imagine that many people. Like, was it like three Germans or like <laughs> four many, Germans? How many, that people, got how many beers per person? I don't know. But it's the beard PP. The idea of Oktoberfest really stems around so that like this royal wedding that happened, and Oktoberfest beers. We looked into it a little bit, and it's this Marzen style of beer, which I was I was shocked about. Like I thought Oktoberfest was just when they drank the beer, but it's actually based on the hop style of beer. Okay, so to be an Oktoberfest beer, it's got to be brewed in March. And I was I was actually thinking about this. I was looking at a local beer company we have here in St. Louis. And I was looking at a bottle, and it was brewed on my birthday. But it's an Oktoberfest beer. My birthday's in March. And I was like, what do they do? Just let this sit around in a fermenting tank? And that's what they do. It sits around in a fermenting tank for a while before they actually put it in bottles. And most Oktoberfests are a special recipe that lasts, that makes the beer last from April to September. Because in Germany during this 1800s, once September ended, no more brewing was allowed to happen. Well, I think that was actually back even a couple of hundred years before that. Okay. Back in the 1400s when they when they started doing that back before we had any sort of technology to keep things fresh, to keep things cold. It just couldn't handle the hot summers and they couldn't do much mm -hmm. brewing at the time. So reading through this a little bit more, it was interesting to kind of see that this hops is kind of what makes this beer special. And it, all Oktoberfest beers are made of this Marin-style hops. And, Lucas, you and I were kind of talking before we started recording that Oktoberfest, for it to work, like, for it to be a true Oktoberfest beer, there's, like, rules that it has to follow. Mm -hmm. Like, and, I mean, I I'm familiar with Reinheitsgebot because William K. Bush was... He's a brewer here in St. Louis. He's part of the Bush family, Anheuser-Busch and all that. Started his own brewery probably... 2010? Yeah, 2010, 11. Um, and started brewing Craft Tech. And he had these really annoying commercials where these two German guys, and they're like paper figures, and they kept saying, Reinheitsgebot, 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 Reinheitsgebot. And... It kind of like just got ingrained in my mind. I was like, what is this? And I found out later, I did, with doing some research, it's the German purity law. Okay? And it says beer can only have three things in it. 
going to have barley, hops, and water. Those are the only three things. And now, you and I, Lucas, were doing a little bit more prep. Um, and we read something about that it it doesn't have yeast. The law doesn't have yeast. Right. The beer, right. The beer has to have yeast. Right. Yet the law doesn't have yeast. And um, it was interesting to find out why they didn't they didn't know at the time the science behind beer making that they needed something to create that carbon carbon dioxide that fermentation and all that. Um, so it actually the yeast got in there by accident because they did a lot of the brewing brewing by bakeries and mm-hmm. bakeries when they start making bread obviously they have a yeast in it this what helps rate uh, rise and proof and that would just end up in the beer kind of a uh, what illegal substance kind of the beer and that's what made the beer good and if other organisms got into it it'd make the beer bad so they they kind of found this blend so Reinheitsgebot is one of the key things of like an Oktoberfest beer. Uh, if it doesn't follow Reinheitsgebot, it's not a true Oktoberfest beer. Um, also, to be a true Oktoberfest beer, it's got to be brewed in Munich, which I was surprised by that. Yeah, I didn't know anything about that. And I mean, you know, I had never been over there for Oktoberfest. I've been to Oktoberfest festivals here in the states but never anything over there so it's not i think it's not something you really notice unless you either look it up or you go over there but yeah i mean essentially you won't have any american beers over there no matter how good it tastes or anything it has to be brewed in munich to be an in munich oktoberfest beer and it was interesting too there's only six breweries in munich and i've got the six in front of me we'll post probably a little bit later when we get our website all set up uh links to all six of those breweries because i'm not going to try <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of accent marks. There's a lot of dots. I don't know. Some umlauts. Lots of vowels. So we'll, we'll... Spatzenbrunn? Yeah, just stop. Okay. Doing I'm, I'm offending all of our German listeners. Next year, we'll just do a podcast live from Oktoberfest. We'll let them pronounce their own names. Or that I could just fair. see if my German teacher could come over. And... No, I want to go. Okay. Okay. I'd love to go to Germany. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Let's make that happen. But do you think we'd actually enjoy the beers? Like I've heard they're not the same style of beer like we have. Like yeah, I I th- mm, I don't know if you would like it or not. Um, when I was in California, there was a place that I would go right by work that was a German brew house, and I liked them. So it's a completely different. Thing. It's a different style of beer, but they're very good. Like I like Urban Chestnut. And that I would say that's a very German style mm-hmm. brewery. I like their stuff. We're gonna get to some Urban Chestnut a little bit later. A little yeah. bit later. Um, so that's just kind of a backstory. I found it really interesting about Oktoberfest. What I thought Oktoberfest was is not what Oktoberfest actually is. It's actually like a celebration of beer. I mean, I, I knew it's a celebration of German culture and all that, but. Like, I don't know, I just, my brother-in-law always goes down to Oktoberfest, and he goes to get drunk, and he gets his stein, and that was interesting, too, like, I always thought, you know, Oktoberfest, you drink out of your stein, but it's not a stein. Like, is that the, uh, the Moss Krug? Yes, yes. So, the Moss Krug is actually the glass, the dimpled glass that, like, holds, like, 1.75 liters, like, it's a huge glass. Of beer, 
And a stein is actually the stoneware glass with the lid that opens and closes. So a Moskrug is not actually a stein. Correct. No. So don't call your Moskrug a stein. Or you'll make Germans mad. This seems so complicated. <laughs> I know. And that's why I've decided, now that we've gotten through this history lesson, we need to drink beer. That sounds good. So the first beer that we opened up today is Boulevard's Bob's 47 Oktoberfest. All right. And Boulevard is a brewing company in Kansas City. Uh, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. It's been around for, oof, I don't even know how long. Um, I think since uh, since 1989. So it's probably one of the older breweries here uh, in Missouri. Um, so just reading about Bob's 47 Oktoberfest. It's a fall seasonal beer uh, with a medium body, dark amber brew. With a multi-flavor, well-balanced hops character. With this Munich-style lager, we salute our friend Bob Verkovich. Ver, Ver, Verkovich? We can't handle German today. Oh my goodness. It's too early. Brewmaster and graduate of the U.S. Brew Academy in 1947. So that's where the 47 comes from. That's the year he graduated brewing school. Which... Makes me want to go back to school and become a brewmaster. Yeah, I didn't know they had a, a brewer's academy. That sounds sounds like something we need to do. Yeah. We'll, we'll put you through brewer's academy. You can come back and spend a couple of episodes talking about that. You're paying for it, Alex? <laughs> Lucas, did Maybe you just hear that? Let's find out how expensive this is first. <laughs> so, looking at it, it's got an ABV, which is the alcohol by volume, of 5.8%. Um, I, I think it's a great beer. It's sitting in front of me. It's like the description said, it's got a nice copper kind of tone to it. Um, nice amber taste, amber color, I guess. Amber doesn't taste like anything. Does it? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think you have like a, if you're looking at a color, you expect it to taste a certain way. Okay. But it's not bitter. No, it's not. It's actually really good. Um, it's not as hoppy as I thought it would be, but it has a good hop, like, taste to it. Like, I can I can feel it. Um, and I'm not a big hops fan. Like, I don't like my... I mean, there's a few pale ales I like, a few IPAs I like, but this is definitely enjoyable. What do you, what do you guys think? It's got a good um, crisp smell. Yeah, it's almost a, almost a little fruity. I wouldn't describe it as fruity, but... It's it's getting close to that spectrum of the the aroma the aroma list. Okay. Um, I do like the color too. It's a it's a good darker beer, and I've as I've been experimenting more with beers and and really just the last year, which goes to show why I know nothing about Oktoberfest because I didn't really pay attention to it last year. Um, but I've been enjoying darker beers more uh, with a more fuller body than than just the the given lager or some of the more um, um, ale styles that I've had in the past. I definitely think it's impressive from Boulevard. I, I always enjoy their stuff. I love their unfiltered wheat. Um, I think it's probably one of my favorite wheat beers. Um, 
But I definitely like this. I definitely would buy it again. This is the first time I've actually had their Oktoberfest. Um, I've had some of their other Bob's stuff, and it's it's very fresh. It's not like I could drink a few of these and not feel like I want to take a nap like right afterwards. Yeah, it's not too heavy. Yeah, it's not too filling. But it's um, very full body. It'd be good to have um, with some meat. And I'd, I'd eat this with food, for sure. There's, right. What, would you, what would you eat this with? Oh, let's see. This would be good with um, richer food, like a good cheese, like pretzel and cheese. I love a good pretzel and cheese. Okay. Oh, we should use this to make pretzels and cheese. I actually just found a recipe for that, for beer cheese, and make your own pretzels. I've not made my own pretzels. I've made my own beer cheese. I did experiment, actually, I think it was two weeks ago, with making a... Uh, a pumpkin beer cheese. And you know, as we're talking about this, I actually just found the pairings, food pairings that go with this. And it says hamburgers, pretzels and mustard, roasted chicken and pork, sauce-based meat dishes, and sausage and pizza. And as I'm thinking about those, those are all very German-style foods. Would you guys, I mean... Yeah, I, and I think that probably the food pairings on this beer... Is probably because they're like, it's a German beer, we have to have German food pairings. I don't know that... I mean, like, anytime that... I think this tastes fairly similar to the Sam Adams one. Okay. Um, and I really like that beer. And anytime that it's on draft, when I go somewhere, like a typical chain restaurant, if they have it, I'll get it. And I'll eat it with anything that's at the restaurant and stuff. I think it... Usually beers like this go with about anything... I think it's good, too, because it, it can go well with, like, a bread, like a pretzel. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I could eat this at um, any bar. Like, if they had a warm pretzel, like you were saying, with that cheese, this would be a really good pairing. Yeah. I, I'd be really happy about that. I think it's a very middle-of-the-road type of beer. If, you know, like, this is something, like, if you have somebody who's like, I don't really know if I like beer or not. This may be even one that you'd mention. Just because it is not, it doesn't lean itself one way or the other. It's not hard to drink. I don't know if I would jump right into this though. As a, like, as if this was my first beer, I, I don't know if I'd be. I think I'd want to start something lighter, but then work my way up. I, I agree with Kevin. When I was first trying beers, anything with any sort of bitterness, I just didn't want anything to do with. It almost tasted like it had gone bad. Was my first impression. But as I've had more and I've learned to appreciate and, and properly taste those flavors. Um, I I agree with Lucas at that point that it's a, a middle of the road. Um, it starts to get into those fuller, hoppier flavored beers. Um, and it's a little easier to drink. And it's funny, as it's sitting out, so we we put everything... I have a, I have a beer fridge here in my basement. Um, and we, we put everything in the fridge. And as I've kind of let it sit out and warm up a little bit, I think it's starting to taste better and better. Like, I think... Maybe putting it in my refrigerator was probably not the best idea when we started. You don't think we should have put it in the fridge? I don't know. I, I've read some things that some beers don't need to be as cold as other beers. and I think that that's all a brewing perspective of what they were designed to be. Like Guinness, I like it warmer. But I don't think that there's very many beers brewed now that are designed to be that way. I mean, I don't mind the taste of it warm, but I don't think it changed a whole lot. I don't know. I think with Oktoberfest beers, because they put it in such a large glass, the Moskurgen, 
glass that it's going to get warm no matter what. I mean... You could be right. I don't know. We'll have to look that up during our break. We'll see. Maybe we just need to drink a whole lot more of these and let them get warm. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, Alex, I apologize. We, we have a chat open here, and I interrupted him during his pumpkin beer cheese story, and he's shaking his head at me. So, yeah. Two weeks ago, I, I, uh, so I, was, I was making Mexican sto- food. <laughs> Sorry. I had to. And we, I, I like to make homemade queso once we learned how. And I'll tell you, if you've never made queso at home, it's an experience at first. But once you figure out how, it's nice and easy. And we didn't have any milk to make it with, which is more ideal for a, a Mexican-style queso. But I did have my six-pack of pumpkin beer. And I decided to use that instead because I love a good beer cheese. But after making it, I, I wouldn't say that's as good for Mexican food. It's more of a, a fondue dip style, but it would have been great with some apples to dip in there. That's, that's interesting. So, like, did it stand out? Like, could you taste the pumpkin with the cheese? Yeah. It, it had the a little bit of the pumpkin flavor. It wasn't too much, but enough to have that um, sweet and spicy that you associate with the pumpkin flavor. That would have been good with a fresh... Like I said, apples or something like that, or maybe more of a bread. Not necessarily on a taco, but it wasn't bad. Okay. Maybe we'll have to do a beer cheese podcast. Ooh. That we'll put that on our fun. list of shows to come up. Maybe that'd be a good good show. Lucas, kill yes. your beer over there so we can go on to our next beer. Okay. So, like we said, we have a few Oktoberfest beers. Um, so that was our boulevard. Uh, next, we're going to try... A Urban Chestnut beer. An Urban Chestnut is probably one of the biggest up-and-coming. I guess they're not even up-and-coming. They're just here now. Breweries here in St. Louis. Um, It is a brewery that if you ever come to St. Louis, you should definitely visit. Go to their Grove location. They have a full German beer hall. Um, And just kind of looking at their list of beers, they have a ton of different beers. I think they have something like, I think, 13 or 14 different beers uh, just on tap regularly. And then they also have seasonal beers that kind of rotate through. Um, And they have two places, two beer halls. They have like a tap room, and then they have their actual German beer hall. And the beers are different at both of them. Um, And so it's pretty... It's I think it's an amazing place to go. They have a uh, Revolution series and they have a Reverence series. And it's just the different styles of beer. Um, the Reverence series is more of an American style, more artisan style. And the, uh, I'm sorry, the Revolution is more of an American style. And the Reverence series is more of your European styles, Lucas, like you were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. So they have an Oktoberfest beer. And uh, the name of it, I'm going to spell it out, and then we're going to go around the table, and everybody's going to try and say it one time. All right, here we go. O-A-C-H-K-A-T-Z-L-S-C-H-W-O-A-F. Okachlafwolf. Alex? I wish I had time to practice this. Let's see. (laughs) I think this is better, though. Okatzelschwaf. Lucas? Okatzelschwaf. I feel like you have to use your hands when you say this one like you're projecting. 
You think you're, <laughs> like you're shouting it from a mountain? Like if you had a glass? Yes, a stein. Not a stein. Or a marskrew. Yes. Marskrew. All of these words today. Oh my goodness, I didn't even realize. Oh, Kasselschwaff. Prost! <laughs> uh, so we're gonna go get the Okacho swap, and I actually to save our German pronunciation, they just call it Okats. So we're just gonna call it Okats. That sounds great. It's so much easier. Bless you. So I'm gonna go get the Okats, and we're gonna try it. A few moments later, and we are back after I went to my beer fridge to get my beer. Um, so this is our Okats. Uh, we just busted it open. First of all. Props to Urban Chestnut for the most amazing beer can design pop top. Did they come up with that? I don't know. They They're the only one I've seen it with. I'm sure yeah. other other beers I think have it. This is a very old style of opening a beer, but I like the pour on it. Like I like it's much easier to pour. Oh, yeah. It's much easier Definitely. to drink too. Yeah, I mean if you're gonna drink it out of the can, this is a very large opening. So it's not like you have to be like you know, like when you drink out of a regular can, it's like it like gulps and everything. Like what's well, and you don't get any of the mind. aroma coming out of it either. Which, Correct. as I've been learning more and more about um, drinking bourbon specifically, which we talked about last time, I don't remember the numbers. I need to look that up. But there is like several, several times more aromas you can smell than there are tastes that you can taste, and so so much of what you're experiencing is coming in through the nose, coming in on those aromas and having those, you know, just out of a normal can, you, you don't get any of that. Mm -hmm. um, so it really limits your experience. So this Ocats is, like we said, it's an urban chestnut beer. Um, color is copper. Um, it's made from quite a few German hops. Again, I'm not going to upset my German teacher. If she ever listens to this, I'm not going to try and pronounce <laughs> them. Um, but it's a Pilsner, a Munich, and a Caramel um, malt. And overall, I think it, it's definitely a different taste than the Bops. It is, oh. for sure. Uh, By a lot. I, if I was comparing the two of them, I definitely think I could drink more of the Bobs and less of the Urban Chestnut. But I enjoy the Urban Chestnut more. Does that make sense? Yes, because I I get what you're saying. I didn't at first. I was giving you a weird look. Um, it's, for lack of a better word, heavier. Mm -hmm. I think that's because it's a little sweeter. The flavor's a little stronger, and so it sits a little heavier on my stomach. And maybe that's also because I've already had a little bit of beer. A little bit. Oh, a whole bottle of beer. Um, but I, I like it more because it is a little sweeter and it is a little less bitter than the Bob's. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something I would enjoy drinking over a period of time. Like the Bob's, I could drink quickly. This is something I could have in my glass, have a conversation, um, eat some food, and then kind of go from there. You know, like it's it's just an enjoyable beer. Um, See, I think that's weird because like I feel like if I was going to drink... And I was going to say, okay, I'm going to sit and I'm going to drink the same thing for a period of time. I would have chosen this one just because uh, I feel like it tastes more refreshing. And normally more refreshing because I can drink a more of them and not feel like I'm getting full or anything. I don't know if it's just... It's definitely hoppier. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if it's what what exactly it is. But like I would, if, I, if I'm going to have a beer, 
I would have gone with the Boulevard. Yeah. But if I was going to have multiples, I would have gone with this. I don't, and I know like our tastes are way different when it comes to beer and stuff. Right. So like this is one of those things where I would prefer it, the flavor. I preferred the Bob's, but as far as like, I like this one a lot better. As far as like, and you know, I mean, it's it's packaged different. I mean, this right. is in a can too. So I mean, there's something a little different. I there. wonder if we went to Urban Chestnut and had this in the beer hall, if it would have a different. Well, we're off just going to have to go to Urban Chestnut and have it off draft, and then we're going to have to go to Kansas City. That sounds great. Is this the beer, bourbon, barbecue road trip? Yes. The podcast on the road. I mean, we already have like an I-70 like thing with baseball, so we need to have one with beer, too. Okay, we'll put this in the... the they need to compete against books. each other. This <laughs> might be next year we do this, but uh, taking beer, bourbon, barbecue on the road. I can't wait. Okay. So I was going to ask about this. It's not quite on topic, but it's something I've wondered about, and I'm curious your guys' take. The flavor difference on something coming out of a can versus coming out of a bottle. I've personally not really ever compared the two. I've heard people say they're different. My wife in particular does not like beer out of a can and much prefers it out of a bottle or on draft. What is your take on that? My wife thinks I look sexier when I drink out of a bottle than when I drink out of a can. So. I can see that, definitely. <laughs> um, I I personally, if I'm going to have to choose between a can and a bottle, I'm going to choose a bottle. Just because I feel like it's easier to drink out of. Like, I don't feel like my beer goes as warm in a bottle that it does in a can. Um, I feel like because the lining's a lot thinner on a can, if I'm holding it in my hand, my beer gets a lot warmer quicker. Um but if I'm pouring into a glass, I definitely like the can better. Um, just because if I, I'm probably getting more of them, if I'm pouring into a glass, like I'm going to somebody's house, like if I'm going to your guys' house, I get like a six pack or, a, you know, 12 pack of cheap beer. I'm okay having it in a can. But it kind of depends on, you know, what what's the mood? Where am I going? Like if I'm I'm hanging out with, you know, my work friends, I, I want it in a bottle because I think it's a little bit classier than a can, but at the same time, I don't know. That makes that, sense. There's I, more of a an, a, um, an aesthetic appeal more than the flavor to you. What do you think, Lucas? So I, I am very much particular about which beers I drink. If I'm not getting it on draft, I'm very particular about which beers I drink in a can or in a bottle uh, from the cheap ones to the more expensive ones. Uh, if I'm drinking it, like the cheap ones, if I'm drinking it in a can, I prefer Bud Light over Select. But if I'm in a bottle, I prefer Select over Bud Light. Um, Reason why? I, the flavor. I think there's a big enough difference in the flavor is like, I, I don't know what it is, but I prefer, I prefer it for that. And it may be the, the activities that I'm doing at that time. Like normally if I'm out playing disc golf or something, I've got Bud Light with me. Or if I'm at the bar, I'll get Select. But... And I think that kind of goes into it as well. Like, if you're a disc golf and you don't want to carry around a six-pack of glass bottles. No, but, I mean, they've got, like, the... I mean, right. They've got the aluminum bottles, too. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, it goes through everything. I mean, like, I'm a big fan of Guinness, and I hate Guinness out of a bottle, but out of a can, I like it. But it also has the ball in there to help control head and everything coming out of the bottle. It really helps. Um, but, I mean... It depends on which way you want to go. Most things I like out of the bottle, but I'm trying to think. I can't think of a whole ton of bottles that I also have available in a can. 
I feel like the craft beer scene, it's so much harder. And I, actually, Alex, when we went to West Six Brewery down in Lexington, they talked brewery. about that it's so much cheaper to make bottled beer than it is canned beer. You have to order, what was it, 50,000 cans? That sounds right. For one run of, like, and you have to order, because you have to print the cans. Mm-hmm. So most craft breweries will do bottles because you can get all the bottles and you don't have to slap a label on them. But because the cans are like, what, however, I guess laser printed or yeah. however they print on can, aluminum. Well, and with with the amount of microbreweries we have around here, none of them brew something long enough to justify having a large run of something. You know, usually yeah. they don't, they, they could probably limit their bottles by the thousands, not the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Um, but... Like, I mean, I can't think of any other local that has cans other than Budweiser or Craftig. Uh, Schlafly, they've got some cans. Do they, they have cans? Yeah, they do. It's okay. more of their Hefeweizen. I think their Hefeweizen, so, their uh, Pale Ale. They're like their, like, Schlafly beers. Like The ones you, they always sell. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense because anyway, right. they're going to move um, a lot of those. The only other one I can think of, and I don't remember if it's local, I just have that in my head, is Four Hands. Four Hands is that local. That local. Yeah. Because they have their um, Citywide yeah. in Kansas. I did see that yesterday. And, like, I... First time I ever had a Four Hands beer was the other day with you yeah. at Megan's birthday party. Yeah, Three so Kings. I had never really had anything like that before. But like, I mean, I guess for me, just most things I drink is out of a bottle. If it's a, if it's something that's like a, a microbrew, um, but it, I I do notice a difference based off of what beer it is. I have a preference in most cases, so I'll have to try this in a bottle and see if I like it more or less. I don't. Know, I really I don't like this out of a can. This in a bottle. I think all Maybe of our chestnuts in cans now. With these awesome pop tops. Yeah, they do have beautiful cans, so I'm okay with that. I also love with the cans and the bottles the little interesting trivia facts that you learn on the side about their beer. Um, this one's got a picture of a squirrel on it, and Urban Chestnut has a lot to do with squirrels. I found out that the Ocats, the big German name, means tail of a squirrel. And I'm not talking like tail like story, I'm talking about the tail of a squirrel, the end part of a tail. Huh. Do you think they dip that into the beer? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they say on their website, I was looking it up, they say it's just a little Bavarian humor. So there must be a joke that goes with that. Probably. Probably. So we were looking into this over the break. We kind of looked into what this beer all has. Why does it taste a little bit different? Lucas, you looked up the IB... U. U, yes. I forgot mm-hmm. the last letter. IBU. Which is the International Bitter... Bitterness Units. And I mean, it's something that I look at a lot whenever I look at beers. Um, You know, I mean, especially if I... Like, I normally, when I'm deciding what I want to drink... Right. I normally look at the IBUs because it's going to tell me if it's something even in the range of what I like drinking. So, is... It's something before today, like, I had never really thought about. Like, I'm I'm an AB... V kind of person, alcohol by volume. Like, I, I like to look at that. But, like, well, tell us what you found out about the IBU. Yeah, so, like, when I drank this one, and, I mean, this is, shows difference in palates and everything, I felt like this was more bitter than the Bob's and 
Alex, I guess you felt like it was not as bitter. No, I thought this one was a little bit smoother than the Bob's actually. Yeah, and numbers-wise, it is. Um, so you got me there. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I must be tasting something different. But when we dug a little deeper into the IBUs, um, I mean, it is something that I look at whenever I... Like, if I've never had anything that's on the beer list, I look at it to see if it's something... Because I don't usually go for a super bitter beer. I normally go for something... You're you're a big dark beer fan. Yes. I love dark beers. And normally when I go in, if it's somewhere that I've never been before, if I don't know what's on tap, I'll just say, give me the darkest thing you have. And then I'll back off from there to see if that's something I like better. Um, but I mean, essentially, the, the bitterness unit is, states a base fact of what the bitterness would be rated as. That will change based on how the beer is brewed, what kind of things are in it and stuff. But the IBU number does help you if you don't know what you're... If you've never tasted everything and you can't say, I want to try every single beer out here, you, you can say, okay, I know I like something super bitter. They go for something with a really, really high bitterness number and it'll get you a lot closer. So I was just looking into that because I, I also have never... I, I've heard people talk about IBUs and I've seen that on cans, but never much cared to look into that what that meant. And so I was curious, what what is a high IBU? Because the two that we've had so far, the Oktoberfest are the Bob's 47 and then the O'Cats... Bob's is a 27, and O'Cat's is a 22. And I I just looked up a, a list of the highest IBUs, and it looks like as you start getting into the low hundreds, that's, that's your average high IBU. But some of these on the list, after about 150s, it starts jumping up to 200, 300, 600. And Do there's a couple any... up here with 1,000 and, and yeah. 2,000, which sounds absolutely crazy. Do they give any examples, like names of beers that we might have tried? or? Yeah, so they, these are the specific beers that are these high ones, and I've never heard of any of them. The highest one, let's see, this is a 2,500 IBU, which is Flying Monkey's Alpha Fornication. Sounds as crazy as the IBU number is. What is, who, does it say? Who, I'm gonna look that up. So what was it again? Flying Monkeys Craft Brewery. Flying Monkey. Alpha Fornication. Beer. Okay, let's see. I, I where this where is this place at? I'm not sure. So I'm looking right now. My internet is like okay. Here we go. Flying Monkeys. It's been around since 1996. Uh, about us. Here we go. Goofing off and getting paid since May of 1996. Man, it sounds like us. And their page is currently under construction. Please return soon. Boo. So what were some... Is there some on that list that we might actually... Like, in the hundreds that we might know? Like, or is it just all craft places throughout... I mean, normally when you get into really high IBs, and I mean, the hundreds are normal. Right. Like, when you get up to, like, the thousands to two thousands, that's rare. So you're going to be finding places that are just like, let's make the most bitter beer we possibly can. Yeah. And I was looking, actually, at another Oktoberfest that I like, Schlafly's Oktoberfest, and they're about a 25, so they're kind of, like, right in the middle of what we've tried today. And And I'm sure there's, like, a a certain sweet spot that you're going to be hitting with an IBU on an Oktoberfest to make it still taste like an Oktoberfest. You know, if somebody gets in and tastes something that you've got an idea of 100 on Oktoberfest, they'll be like, this doesn't taste like Oktoberfest. So, guys, if we're comparing, what are you going to go drink? Are you going to go get a Bob's or are you going to go get an O'Cats? After today, I think I would I think I think would go get O'Cats if, if, I, had to, if I was going to go out and get another six-pack. If I'm going to get it with food, I'm going to be getting a 
of bops. If I'm going to be, you know, like I've already eaten or I'm going to be eating later, I'm probably going to get an O-Cats. Okay, okay. I definitely think I want to try both of them on tap somewhere to see because um, I'm kind of a tap snob. I, I like my beers on draft and all that. But if I'm going to go and get one, I'm definitely going to get an O-Cats again. Like, I like the Bobs. I thought it was very well done. But there's just something about the O-Cat. Something, it's like a hearty beer that I can just really sink my teeth into and enjoy. Which, it's funny because, like, doing the research for Oktoberfest beers, like, monks would stop drinking, or stop eating during Lent and just drink beer. And drink Oktoberfest kind of styles of beers. So, like, I can definitely taste, like, a very bready taste it's very filling. I might try that next Lent. Give up everything but beer. I know that goes against the norm, but it's all about trying new things, right? Right. I think you might die. It's worth How a long shot. is Lent? 40 days. How? Oh, you're fine. If Dude, the monks you went can to do a it, Baptist school. How do you not know how long Lent is? Do Baptists celebrate uh, Baptist, not Catholic. Yeah, Lent Catholics. is definitely a Catholic tradition. <laughs> well, I'm still saying, like, the whole idea of Lent, like, any religion. I I never did anything with Lent growing up. Okay. I, I, no I do know that I lived next to a Catholic school for a while in South City. They had the best fish fry. Oh, yeah. There you go. Maybe Another we'll do that during... We'll do that on our podcast. Right here. Right, yeah, right, right down here. the road from your house. It's an amazing So one. next Lent, just beer and fish. <laughs> just for I can't wait. So before we move on, I would like to backtrack. I'm looking at, again, this beautiful can from Urban Chestnut on the OCAPs. And there are little tidbits on the side. They actually give you a, I'm going to say an attempt at a pronunciation because they're still, they've added more letters to the pronunciation than they did in the actual name. <laughs> they did not uh, help. <laughs> but to to attempt this. Like there's two Fs at the end of it now. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that really does to the, to the sound. So let's let's try this. I, I'm seeing an Oa Katzel Schwoff. One more time. Oa Katzel Schwoff. Now doing your best German accent. I don't know what the Oa Katzel Schwoff. Oa Katzel Schwoff. There you go. You there sounded much more go. angry there. Yeah, I bang your <laughs> fist on the table. <laughs> Oa Katzel Schwoff. That's terrifying. Pretty sure you just woke my kid up. I apologize. <laughs> So, along with all this Oktoberfest beer, while I was doing some research, I found a really interesting article from Adidas, okay? And if you didn't know, Adidas is a German company. Um, I did not know that. I didn't yeah, know that. They are a German company, I <laughs> That is out. incredibly And to help apt. with Oktoberfest this year, to match with your Lederhosen's, they have created a Oktoberfest Adidas sneaker. Okay, and let me tell you why this is a special sneaker, okay? It is DPBR. I was hoping that's how you would introduce that. DPBR, Alex. I can, I'm going to have a moment of honesty right now, Kevin, and tell you that I have absolutely no idea what that means. So, looking into what DPBR is, it is Durable Puke and Beer Repellent Shoes. So as you are walking through Oktoberfest and that German man pukes on your shoes, it won't get to your socks and you won't have that squeaky, nasty feeling. What do you guys think? Do you think we need pairs? I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. I think that they should be high tops. 
Okay. Not these low tops. So they, they look very much like the Sambas kind of Yeah, and they look like soccer shoes. Yeah. I mean, they're very much... They're a little bit higher than... Like, higher sole than a soccer shoe. Yeah. But they, they are not a very high around the ankle. Okay. They're a black and gold kind of feel to it. They've got, like, a patchwork kind of design, shoelaces. Very German style. Like, yeah, they say Prost on the side. Yeah. I would buy a pair. Buy me a pair while you're there. I'm only buying one <laughs> pair. I'm not paying you back. <laughs> so far, I only drink around you two, for the most part, and neither of you has thrown up on my feet yet, so I think I'm probably safe without them, but it is a, a very stylish sneaker. And after looking into it a little bit more, it only cost $195 euro. Converting that to American is $140. $240. i am sorry, $240. What do you think? Worth $240 for beer and puke protection? I could pick up a pair of rubber boots. And I know they don't match my lederhosen, but I don't currently own lederhosen. Are you going to take a Sharpie and write Prost at the sure. top of your... Silver Sharpie. We're good. Three stripes on the side yeah. of your boots? I'm there. I okay. think we just knocked the price down by $220. <laughs> and think we could spend that $220 on beer, bourbon, and barbecue. Yeah. It's a much better way to spend your money. I agree. All of your money. So we've tried our Oktoberfest beers. Now comes the part of the show that I'm least excited about. But Alex <laughs> has a huge grin on his face. I can't and wait. Lucas has a huge grin. Not I only mean... just to try the pumpkin beer, but to watch Kevin try the pumpkin beer, which <sighs> I apologize to everyone listening that you will not get to experience this. But at some point, I'm sure we will add a video aspect to you some of these podcasts so that you can see the incredible faces that Kevin makes when he is not enjoying something. No, I'm not looking forward to this. I've never had a pumpkin beer that I liked. But we have six different ones. One of them which I've had before. You're getting giddy over there. I'm really excited for the Ballast Point one. And it's not so much the fact of that it's a pumpkin beer it's more because i'd never heard of this brewery before and now i'm excited to go try other things from them so why don't you run through our list real quick the six beers you bought and then we can kind of dive into each one okay so starting in st louis uh we've got schlafly which is a pumpkin ale and here's the one thing i don't feel like st louis does very good with flavored beers and here's why We've got two from St. Louis, one being O'Fallon Brewery, one being Schlafly. Both of them describe their beers as something that tastes like pumpkin pie. I've heard, though, from people who have had the Schlafly one that it is literally a pumpkin pie in a glass bottle. I've had the Schlafly one. I don't think so. You guys may defer on that, and you're welcome to. I don't really care for this one. Okay. And I hate to put, like ideas into your mind ahead of time i'm not a fan of it on this list the only one that i've had is the schlafly and it's been about a year since i've had it so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to wait and see once we get to our our tasting portion so we've got schlafly we got schlafly we have o'fallon o'fallon's a good brewery like they've got some good stuff i love their kite tail it's very good fantastic um so i mean they know they i know they know how to make beer we'll see i've never had their Pumpkin beer, but if you're describing it the same way as Schlafly, I probably won't like it. Uh, we've got New Holland Brewing, which they have their Ichabod, which they describe it very well. Um, 
I like other beers by them. I've had the Poet and Dragon's Milk. Mm, which one was Dragon's that? Milk. That was the New Holland. Yeah, and Dragon's Milk I, I like. Okay, I'm not like I don't ever go ask for it, but if it's the only thing that I like that's on tap, I'll drink it. I love the Poet though. If you haven't had it, go go try it. What what style is the Poet? I don't know. I mean, it's obviously dark because it's after Edgar Allan Poe. Like, I mean, that's who the poet is. I'm like a marketer's dream person. Like, the names of stuff... Just give it away for advertising. Yeah. Just, (laughs) if only you could pronounce them right. Well, I'm just... No, I'm not even talking about, like, wanting to give their company, like, props and all that. I'm just saying, like, as I'm walking through the store and I see, like, a Something's got a cool name. I'm like, ooh, I need to check this out. And if it's got an interesting story, you know, ooh, I want to check this out. And he does this out loud if you've never been shopping with Kevin. This is... It's not like this is in his head. No, this is Ooh, Urban Chestnut. Oh, cats, that sounds great. Let's read about it off the side of it. There's a picture of a squirrel. There's other people here. Kevin has to commentate his own life. Okay. While we're here, though... Last night I went to Friar Tucks, okay? Because we buy beer, okay? I told you guys this. There was a guy in the bourbon aisle who was buying bourbon for the first time. And the worker was, you know, helping him make a selection. And I started eavesdropping. And I just had to put my two cents in. Is that weird? Like, not for you. No. Uh, it would be weird if I did it. I just want to because make sure that's not my personality at all. I just want to make sure they get a good bourbon. I want them to be excited about bourbon and beer and all the same stuff I'm excited about. Just as excited as I am. Like, did see, I'm getting excited listening to you. So I guess I guess you did a good job there. Did, did you, you hand them? them a business card to at least validate why you were recommending something? No, I forgot. <laughs> Marketing sale. I, I know. I, I'm. Alex and I went out to breakfast a couple months ago. Alex, remember that guy had a a. Uh, craft or a craft beer seller shirt on and i walked straight up to him i was like hey i've got an instagram page you should follow it here's my card i talk about beer bourbon and barbecue a lot and then you ran away yeah (laughs) do you know if he ever followed you no he doesn't know his name how would he know (laughs) gonna get their names next time okay back to our our pumpkin beer sorry to take us down this all right next we got blue point brewing which I'm kind of excited to try. Um, it has a little bitterness, and it's very malty. So we'll see what happens there. Ballast Point, which I've already said I'm excited. I want to like this beer, mainly because I want to like everything they have. And it's only because of the names of theirs and stuff. <laughs> um, and I spelled this one wrong. Let me see if I can get it out of the website name. Uinta Brewing Company. Um, I'm least excited about this one. And I have no valid justification of why I shouldn't like this beer, other than the fact that they also sell gluten-free brews. That's the only <laughs> reason I don't want to like this one. So if I like this one the most, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> I, I just got to the Blue Point website. They have an Oktoberfest. You could have brought that for us. I wasn't going to buy a six-pack of beer that I'm probably not going to like, and then buy another six-pack of beer that I know I will like. Friends by Friends Beer. Alright, so that's our list of pumpkin beers we're gonna try yep uh we're gonna take a little bit of a break now so we can figure out how we're gonna pour all these beers try all these beers and we'll come back and let you guys know what we feel awesome thanks for listening to this week's episode if you're interested in seeing what beer bourbon and barbecue was up to before we started a podcast you can see all the exciting adventures on instagram at beer underscore bourbon underscore bbq 
make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the show and our adventures outside of podcasting. Be sure to check out our cool shirts and stickers available on our website, shopbeerbourbonbbq.com. All right, we are back after our long tasting of pumpkin beers. To you guys on the podcast, it was probably five, six seconds. To us, Lucas and I, it felt like an eternity. (laughs) Um, So, pumpkin beers. Gross. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that was the worst 25 minutes of my entire life. I don't understand why you guys hate them so much. Oh, my... It... It... I mean, sure, a pumpkin in and of itself doesn't seem like the most appetizing of of fruits. Is it a fruit? Yeah. I don't want to get into this. Seeds are inside. Yeah, there you go. Okay, we're just going to say it's a gourd. It's a gourd. A fruity gourd. Yeah. So why don't we just make, like, uh, squash beer? No. They couldn't do it right with pumpkin beer. I don't feel like we're going to get better with squash. All right, so let's dive into this, all right? So we had, just to recap, we had six different beers. Mm-hmm. All from around the country. Two mm-hmm. of them local St. Louis beers. We had mm-hmm. Schlafly Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had O'Fallon. Uh, New Holland. Vinta. Uh, Ballista Point. Ballista Point. Ballast Point. Ballast Point and Blue Point. Okay. And we went through and we poured them. I found some fancy Dixie cups with some animals on them. Um and we poured them into little little pours and set them all out. And we all did kind of, I don't one would say a blind taste test, but we sh- we kept all of our thoughts to ourselves, And we wrote down what we thought and kind of went from there. All right, so first one was Schlafly. Alex, what did you think of the Schlafly? Schlafly, so before I compare them to the others... Just go with with yep. my impressions. So mm-hmm. I wrote down kind of my impressions of the aroma, the taste, and just kind of what it looked like, the appearance, um, the aesthetics, if you will. Color, body. Um, uh, I got a very um, cinnamony, nutmeggy, spicy smell to it, and a little bit of sweet, a little bit of pumpkin, but it was a very, I'd say very spicy first. Um, taste-wise, it was very sweet. I, I would actually... Uh, give them credit for their description it did taste like a pumpkin pie flavor when i was drinking i actually it. wrote that down in my notes mm-hmm. a liquid pumpkin pie yeah it, it was very pumpkiny very sweet a good amount of spice like you would expect from a good pumpkin pie if of course you enjoy pumpkin pie and if you don't you will also not enjoy this beer because that's what it tasted like kevin what do you think i wrote in my tasty notes gross <laughs> What else? Nutmeg (laughs) and liquid pumpkin pie. Is that a gross comma nutmeg or was it gross nutmeg? No, it was a gross comma nutmeg. And I love Schlafly beer. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, they are my probably one of my favorite St. Louis beers. I mean, I've got probably top two on my list. But pumpkin, it's a no go. (laughs) Okay, so Lucas, what'd you say? I put smells like pumpkin. Tastes like pumpkin pie mixed with something. That was it. And you couldn't figure out. You spent at least five minutes trying to figure out what that something was. Yeah, it smells like something, not pumpkin pie. 
<laughs> it smells like something that I have smelled before, and I could not go back in time to figure out what that was. That's but I, it was driving me crazy. I can't get anything other than very pumpkin pie. It's a very dark beer. Uh, a good dark amber color. It is darker in color. And we'll, and I want to talk about that in a few minutes when we get through a few more of these. The Just the colors, because I noticed something about the colors. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Let's go on to our next one. We went O'Fallon. Yes. And I'll start it up. I noticed it was a lighter beer. There was really no pumpkin taste to me. Like, there nothing kind of stood out. Nothing special about it. It almost tasted more like a lager or just a regular ale than a special release. What do you guys think? I got that, too. I, I wrote down for the aroma. Um, mild. I wrote down mild pumpkin, mild spice, mild sweetness. Like... All of those things were there, but there just wasn't a lot of them. Um, so it was a lot more like a lager where, you know, you're smelling beer, like a little bit of a crisp weakness. I, I wrote down a crisp fruitiness to that one, um, and I did not write that down for any of the other ones. Um, there just wasn't a ton there. And as far as taste, it was the same sort of experience. I, I could taste that it was a pumpkin beer, but that was about it. It was a very light, light flavor, light feel. And I want to interject that we did the exact same beer at the exact same time. So we tried all these in the same order so we could get a consistent taste. So, Lucas, what did you think of O'Fallon? O'Fallon, I did not smell anything. It, I could not smell anything. And it could be just that the Schlafly that we drank right before that was just so pungent. And I drank water between each one, but there wasn't really any way to clear out yeah. what you were smelling. I did not smell any pumpkin, though. The Schlafly was so creamy, though, I felt like. And I think that yeah. may have thrown everything else, which we'll kind of get to in a little bit. Yeah. But other than that, like, as far as taste goes, I feel like it tasted very similar to the Schlafly, except it tasted not as pumpkin-y. Okay. It tastes, you tasted more of the beer, less of the pumpkin. But as far as the smell goes, I didn't smell anything. Like, I'd, if you could have handed me a cup with no beer in it, it would have smelled the same. Okay. All right, let's jump down to New Holland. So this was New Holland... Uh, brewing. This was their Ichabod, which I love the name. So, Lucas, you go first. It doesn't smell good. Okay. It smells terrible. I don't know what it smells like, but it does not smell good. Hmm. And the taste, I put in all capital letters, nope. <laughs> Can't pick out a taste, but I'm not a fan. And it's funny, because that was the one I probably enjoyed the most of, because <laughs> it didn't taste like pumpkin. I, I wrote, good taste, light color again, no real pumpkin pie taste. Mm-hmm. And I think I enjoyed that quite a bit. So, no, I, I didn't enjoy it. But if I had to pick from these six again, that would be my go-to. Go ahead, Alex. So, yeah, after I, I did a full, like, smelling, tasting of each of them, I saved a little bit and, and did a final, like, last shot of each of them to try and determine, like, which one is my favorite and why. Um, and I wrote down, like, my last impressions. And for this one, I wrote down, almost can't tell it's a pumpkin beer. And so I, I agree with both of you. When I was, uh, the aroma I got off that was very weedy. A little bit of spice, a little bit of caramel, almost. So there was some sweetness to it. I didn't even write down pumpkin. Um, it, it tasted more like a spicy fall wheat beer. And not, not I, again, I probably would not have told you that was a pumpkin beer. And I think, too, with it, like, it wasn't, it's a beer that I could drink early September, late August, mm-hmm. 
and still drink late November without wanting something heavier. Like I right, because I, I think it's because of that spice because it was still there, um, <clears throat> and it still had that light flavor, and I, I think that's why it is more drinkable. So I definitely get why you say that was your favorite because I, if I had to pick one just to drink, just have a couple, I mm-hmm. might have picked that one too, just because it was such a light flavor. Yeah. All right, we're going to go on to our Yunta. 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 Um, and that was uh, punk, Pumpkin Pumpkin Ale was the name Pumpkin. of it. Punk, 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 punk in. Punk in. Punk in. Like pumpkin. punk rock. Yes. Um, that one was my worst smelling one. Like, oh, yeah. that one was just tough to get down. There was a very oh, yeah. small spice taste. It almost was more of, I felt, a lager style than a ale. And these were all ales, actually. Um, I'm, I'm looking at kind of the notes from what... Lucas, it says here, the reason you bought it is because it mentioned allspice. And I didn't taste it at all. I know what allspice tastes like. I mean, I've used it. I use it in a lot of my cooking and things like that when I'm... But... That's all I have to say on that. I put down. Smells like vomit. It's hoppy and bitter, and I could not taste any pumpkin. And I think that probably if I would have just tasted the beer and not smelled it, or if I wouldn't have had like three pumpkin beers before this, I probably would have been more okay with it. So it's really not fair to it. I may have to try this again later. But, like, I could not do it. It was, like, the smell was, like, the straight-up smells like vomit. Like, that's all I could smell. <laughs> Moving on, Alex. Yeah, that's, it's it's funny, because that one, I, I'm with you, Kevin, that I probably got the least from this than I did of any others. It wasn't bad, but since we are comparing pumpkin beers here, it's definitely at the bottom of the list. Very little flavor, um, very little pumpkin spice specific flavor the flavor wasn't bad but again it's a little closer to the new holland um where there's a little spice a little wheat i probably would have been able to say okay this is a pumpkin beer um but i i definitely wouldn't go buy it again okay all right lucas introduce our next one uh next one we've got is the ballast point brewing company which they had the pumpkin down which is a version of their Scottish ale that just has pumpkin added to it. So it's a very simple recipe, but they're just adding something to one of the beers they already have. It was the one I was most excited about. I really, really wanted to like this beer. I didn't hate it. I couldn't drink a whole bottle of it, but I could handle it the most out of a couple others. Um, I think it smells sweeter. Uh doesn't really taste like a pumpkin beer i could taste the spices i couldn't really taste pumpkin though but i could deal with it i wasn't a fan of it but as far as the ones in there it was one of my top few after looking at it like trying it and all that it was a darker beer like you could tell by the color of it it's very dark it smelled dark I actually, I was sitting on the floor in front of where the bottles were, and I read it's a Scottish ale, like you said. And, Alex, I know you had the Dirty Bastard. Mm. Um, and I felt like it was very similar to the Dirty Bastard. Like, 
except with a little bit of pumpkin taste. It had a very scotch-type feel to it. Very, I don't want to say peaty like scotch, but just that sharp... Like, I, like <laughs> I think about it, and I don't enjoy it. Um, but I wrote in my notes, scotch taste mixed with pumpkin. That's kind of how I, I sum it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got mostly spice out of it, and that is what I wrote down. So, like, a a smooth spiciness, kind of like what I would attribute to a, a scotch flavor. And spice might be too strong a word for scotch, but we're not talking about scotch, so that's okay. Um, I got, I wrote down, as far as aroma goes, a, a mild pumpkin. So, it, it did smell, have that pumpkin flavor and smell. And I wrote down brown sugar also. It kind of had that mm-hmm. darker sweetness to it. Um, like a molasses almost. Kind almost, of. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't strong, but I could tell that's that's kind of the train it was going. And as far as taste goes, um, a, a good, a, a decent, it wasn't too strong, it wasn't too light, just a good pumpkin flavor, a good spice flavor. Um, all around, I, I liked it. I it think- was pretty mild all around. I think it'd be a good one for like late December, early January when it's very cold outside. You want something to kind of just warm you up and it's not a Christmas beer. Mm-hmm. What do you think? That makes sense. And I'd almost say like if you've never had a pumpkin beer before, this might be a good introduction. Really? I was just thinking the exact opposite. It's I funny. don't think that it's a good... And I only say that just because compared to... Like, some of the ones we had, and and we can recap all of these, had almost no pumpkin yeah. flavor. More of a spice, but I wouldn't call it pumpkin over spice. And this one, I think, was a good medium. Like, maybe the middle of the line, at least as far as pumpkin flavors go. I don't think this is a good jumping off point for a beer. Like, if this is your first beer, do not get a pumpkin beer or a scotch beer. Like, Well, what about a first pumpkin beer? I don't know. I, I think... When we get to our rating of all six of them, I think I can answer that question better for you because I think that's going to really depend. We're, we're going to have to talk about this rating. like, And we'll get to that in a second. We've got one more beer to talk about. So that was the blue point. So, mm-hmm. Lucas, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> I mean, you were the one that got this beer. So I'm letting you go first. We're going to so... save Alex for the end because he's Mr. Positive on this. Okay, so, so this is the Mother Pumpkin Ale... Uh, the description they give is a mild ale that has little bitterness, malty backbone, spicy characteristics, takes the lead in this roasty beer. I smelled it, and it was worse than the Uinta. Hmm. And not smell-wise, but there was just so much pumpkin and spice. It was like I couldn't deal with it. Like, it smelled... Like, I took a brand new pumpkin spice candle, opened it up, and just stuck my whole face into it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's making me sick just thinking about it. That's what it felt like when I was smelling this. Um, the taste of it was excessively pumpkiny and excessively spicy. Like, I could taste the pumpkin and I could taste every spice. But it was, like, exaggerated. Like, more than you would taste in a pumpkin pie. <laughs> it was like extract of pumpkin pie. <laughs> Kevin, what'd you think? I, I'm actually reading the notes that we kind of took on it. And one of the things is it's a barrel aged beer. And I can taste that it's a barrel aged beer. It's got definitely an older taste to it. Um, but it was a lighter, older taste. 
Um, I tasted a lot of cinnamon type spice to it. Not like a heat cinnamon, but more of like a savory cinnamon. Uh, that was probably the best example of all spice that I found in all of them. I don't remember a very pumpkin taste to it. But at you that should point, go drink it again right now. No. <laughs> but at that point in time, I was just wanting to get done with this. Are you doing okay over there? Like and my coaster keeps sticking to my cup. Oh my He's getting angry and throwing things. I'm pretty sure it's just what's happening. <laughs> I feel there. a little unsafe. <laughs> Do we need a safe word in case he like gets no, I think we're okay. Okay, okay. Well, I'll just stop using the coaster. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I don't know. Again, when we get to our rating system, I can explain a little bit how I rated and why I rated, but... Well, let me give my breakdown then, and then we can just hop right into that. Um, so, for this last one, Blue Point, I too, I, I wrote down, this is the only time I used the word strong, but it was a strong pumpkin and a strong spice smell. Probably more so than any of them. And for being the only one of the group who actually enjoys that kind of aroma and scent and flavor, I, it was probably my favorite to smell, if it if it were a candle, as, as Lucas so eloquently put. I think it'd be great. Um... Taste, again, very, very much pumpkin and spice. A little bit of sweetness to it. It wasn't very sweet. Uh, it smelled a lot sweeter than it tasted, which I thought was interesting. Okay. Uh, but I definitely get what you're saying about the um, ageness to it, where it, it kind of gave it a a strength of flavor. And it think... also didn't taste old. And that's hard to describe if you haven't experienced that. Uh, but I, I think that kind of lends itself to the the stronger aromas and the specific flavors, um, while it not being harsh, for lack of a better word. And I think my background in bourbon, like, and I only say my background because I've been drinking bourbon for a year. I've been drinking beer for much longer than that. I think I enjoyed that darkness, barely taste a little. I, I appreciated it more, which made that one a little bit more enjoyable. But if they took the pumpkin out, it'd be really good. <laughs> All right. So, unfortunately, I don't think any of these breweries are going to want us to do their 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 branding or rating for their pumpkin beer. <laughs> um, Alex. Maybe Alex. Maybe Alex. Maybe. Not me. And the funny part is, I've had good stuff from... Three of these six breweries. Like, I, mm -hmm. I know that they do a fantastic job. I just do not like pumpkin. I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't like pumpkin spice. You I, don't like pumpkin pie? No. It is a very See? specific flavor that you can't really compare it to anything else. So either you like it or you don't. I'd rather have apple pie. I, I would rather have apple pie. Like, as far as, like, if I'm going to have something. But I love pumpkin pie. I absolutely love pumpkin pie. And that's strange, because you don't like desserts. Like I'm not a big dessert fan. I like my apple pie, if my mom makes it, and I like pumpkin pie pretty much in general. Throw some whipped cream on it, and I'm good. But I do not like pumpkin beers. I have found that out. Side tangent, real quick. Whipped cream on pie. Out of a can, or out of the tub? Tub. Tub. Okay, tub. good. Good. Tubs are better. Not even debatable. Unless, yeah. unless, no you can get fresh, homemade whipped cream. Out oh, of a sure. CO2 can then. Then I will go can all the way. But, okay, back to rating pumpkin beer. So, 
here's my question for you gentlemen. I rated my beers. I rated them from the most pumpkin-y something like I kind of did like a hybrid like something I would drink if I wanted pumpkin beer but at the same time something I would drink I don't when are you ever going to want pumpkin that's what I was never. thinking I'm like <laughs> if I would want pumpkin beer so I'll never drink this beer so I, I don't even know how I like I don't even know how to rank these like all right, let me I give guess, it a shot. Okay, go ahead. So I or I do, do we want to hold on, or do we want to save you for last because you're the positive outlook on this? That's probably better. Go Let, ahead. Let's let's let Lucas give it a and shot. I go first. Kevin, you go ahead and go first, and that way we I can think, end the show on I, a good note. I think you have the most <laughs> undescriptive version of your rating system. Okay, so <laughs> ranking from six to one, one would be something if I wanted to go out and drink a pumpkin beer, I would go out and drink it. Okay, yeah. so I'm gonna start with number six, which was the. Yunta. Yunta. Because I just thought that smelled terrible. Okay? (laughs) Number five was the O'Fallon. I didn't feel like there was any pumpkin to it. Like, there wasn't anything to it. That would probably be one of my top ones on my list of beers I would just go drink. Like, because I could get by that they're not being pumpkin. Uh, Number four was the, the, uh, I can't, where did I put number four? The Ballasta Point. Ballast, ballast, ballast Point? Ballast Point. I don't know why I can't talk. I don't know if it's the four beers I've had today or just I can't talk. <laughs> uh, Ballasta Point, that's number four. I like the scotch kind of taste to it, but it's not something I would go seek out every day. Three, I did the Blue Point. I thought that was really good. I like the age on it. You know, like, it, it was okay. Two, I did the New Holland which was funny because I thought it had a good taste, no real pumpkin pie taste, but it was like, for me, it was good. My number one, which I wrote gross next to, but if you're getting a pumpkin beer, go to the Schlafly Pumpkin Ale. That was my number one. Lucas. I had a much easier way of rating these. I couldn't go all the way one through six, so I have a first place and a runner-up. Runner-up for me is going to be Ballast Point. Because I didn't think it had a pumpkin taste. And I think that's my big thing with pumpkin beers. If it doesn't have a pumpkin taste, I can get past the spicy taste of it. I just can't get past the pumpkin. I liked that one. It wasn't my favorite. My favorite was the same as Kevin's. I, if I had, was forced to, all that was available, drink a pumpkin beer would be the Schlafly. Yeah. But... Other than that, I mean, I'm even that one. I'm probably not going to drink the whole bottle. Nope. I just can't do it. I agree 100 percent with you. There's no way. I mean, we we how big were those? I cups? haven't. I didn't finish any one of those. Those were less than cups. a three ounce pour, probably cup. Yeah. And I probably have two and a half ounces left in the cup. Every <laughs> single one of them. Yeah, I could not drink. There any. was only one person at this table. <laughs> Who finished all six of their beer glasses? So, Alex, would you Drummel. please... Drummel! <laughs> would you Alex? please tell us why you like these beers? <laughs> I appreciate unique, solid flavors. And I guess what I mean by solid, and there's surely a better word for this, is just that you can say this is pumpkin flavor. You're not really going to confuse that with anything else. So you feel like the name fits the beer. If you're looking for a beer yes. and it says pumpkin beer, you want it to taste pumpkin beer. Right. It's okay. like, for comparison, 
I don't much care for berry flavored beers and because you can never tell what berry it is no matter how hard you try and i just don't like them in general but if it's pumpkin you know it's pumpkin this tastes like pumpkin there's no other flavor like it um and i appreciate that i appreciate the sweetness of it i appreciate the dessertiness of it because while it is not i would consider like a a sweeter flavored sort of alcoholic beverage kind of like a cider where that is not really as much a beer flavor as it is uh its own sweet apple cidery sort of with alcohol in it this still tastes like beer with a strong flavor to it and so i appreciate that i enjoy that not all year round definitely not all year round but as the season comes up it fits the season and it kind of fits that mood and and i like that so my rating i i looked at this as i kind of rated on if i wanted to sit down and have a good drinkable pumpkin beer so those two things if it was drinkable and if it was actually pumpkin because we're rating pumpkin beers here so that that was significant so i'm going to start at the bottom of my list and kind of go all the way up and these are the last impressions i had as i finished off my samplings yeah go ahead so you're starting at six is your one you would my least favorite favorite. Mm -hmm. and one is you're gonna this is your pumpkin king right beer. this is the most drinkable pumpkin beer okay that we had so my least favorite was the unta i'm sure i'm saying that wrong but it's fun to say hey we haven't said anything right unta. Today at all. that's true um most because there was very little to it very mild a lot of wheat compared to everything else i i'd almost wouldn't call it pumpkin beer um next step up from that so my number five was o'fallon while it had a more significant pumpkin flavor it just tasted like pumpkin there wasn't enough sweetness to make up for just what i would expect a blended up pumpkin to taste like not that it's bad um i just didn't enjoy enjoy it as much as the other ones uh, next up from there so number four was new holland uh, while i found that to be one of the most drinkable it also tasted and smelled the least like pumpkin. Um, so it was a good weedy, caramely, had a good mix of sweet spice flavors. But again, I probably would not have told you that was a pumpkin beer if I tried it by itself in a blind tasting. Um, so enjoyed it, but that's why it's lower on the list. Um, I would say my number three was the Ballast Point um, because it had a good medium mix of all the flavors. Everything was there. Everything was where it should have been. It was kind of my average run-of-the-mill good pumpkin beer. Uh, My next, number two, was Blue Point because the smell was so good. The smell was very strong. It was very sweet. I'm like, this smells like a good, fresh, light pumpkin pie. Uh, The reason it's number two is because the taste didn't quite match that. It was still a great taste, but it wasn't as good as it smelled. And for that reason, my number one is also the Schlafly it really did taste like a a smooth liquefied pumpkin pie while still tasting like beer Uh, a very sweet a very um creamy like you said creamy almost thick flavor and i enjoyed that a lot so that was my list and again pumpkin beer is not something i want to get to drink while i'm eating it's something that once I'm done, I want to sit back, relax on the couch, and have a good flavorful, this is a sweet seasonal, kind of a once-a-year thing. And, and that's definitely what I would go to of all the ones that we had. So, recapping, our number one for all three of us was the Schlafly Pumpkin Lager. 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ale. Ale. I'm sorry. Ale. So the Schlafly Pumpkin Ale. And I think all three of us agree that was liquid pumpkin pie. And that's what I've heard from everybody who likes it, that that is the number one, like, beer that they go to. And there's a ton out there, right? I mean, we are, we just, Lucas, you just picked six off the... I picked the only six that Total Wine and More had that were ales and were not ciders. Okay. They didn't really have anything else. So this okay. was kind of the what actually fit into a beer as opposed to something else. Okay. And again, I would not say, and, and again, this is me and not you two, <laughs> I would not say any of them were bad beers. I I could enjoy any one of them. Um, so kudos to all of those breweries for, for making this good seasonal, like taking a step out there and fitting into the theme. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like there are some more that I would be willing to try. Um, and they are St. Louis beers. O'Fallon has an entire fall run this year. Um, they've got the pumpkin beer that we tried. They've got the pumpkin vanilla beer. Uh, they've got a Jacko latte. Uh, they've got a pumpkin bread. And then I'm going to let you say this, Alex, because I messed it up last time. Let's see. That is a uh, Saison de Citroville. A Saison? Saison. Let's see. I messed it up, too. And that's a farmhouse ale. Is that the first thing I've gotten right all day? Yes. I, that it? might actually be. Oh, crap. In the however many hours that we've been here pronouncing things. Um, so, I think we agree that Oktoberfest is probably, if you're going for a fall beer, the way to go. I think we just had more positive things to say about that than pumpkin beers. If you like the pumpkin spice, you like the pumpkin pie, go with the Schlafly. Um... There's a lot out there that we still... we I think we'd all try it again. I'd probably complain the entire time and <laughs> sure. throw a hissy fit. But, you know, we'd try it again. And we'll do other taste testings and all that. I know uh, we've talked about wanting to do a cider and things like that. So stay tuned for other taste testings that we're going to do for some beers and bourbons and all that. But I think before we wrap up, let's do our pick of the week. And then uh, we'll sign off and hopefully you'll catch us again. So picks of the week this week. I'm not going first, so who wants to go first? I'll Alex, go first. Alex, you go first. I'll go first. So I have made a lot of Mexican food this week. And not just because it's all we really had available in our in our pantry, but just because I love Mexican food. And I Is think that your wife's craving right now? Um she's finally craving cheese again. And so I'm taking full advantage of that because I've not been able to enjoy cheese as much without her for the last probably six months. Uh, There's just more cheese for you. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, because my wife is pregnant and she's not, she just can't stomach it. That's the only thing. It's the only thing. So, very little pizza, very little Mexican food, so I've been enjoying that. And I think beer, our topic of the week, goes great with Mexican food. Not necessarily pumpkin beer, and I did test that this week. And while it was fine, it's just too much strong flavors. Uh, but, so my pick of the week is actually going to be a local restaurant chain called Fuzzy's Tacos. Um, if you're in St. Louis, go check them out. There's one on Westport Plaza, one on Manchester. They have... Um, a lot of great food at a really, really reasonable prices. You can get out of there uh, with food and and beers for twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. under ten bucks a person. Yeah, and, and be full. 
and be happy. Their margaritas are the size of a fishbowl. Oh yeah, and and they'll they they stick a, a beer bottle in there and it just leaks into the whole thing and it's great. Their brisket nachos and their shrimp tempura tacos are one hundred percent. Okay, Lucas, you've been you've been struggling over there for your I pick have, of the week yeah, all day. So I am going to pick my pick of the week as a another semi-local podcast um they have one guy in st louis and other guys are out there um i'm gonna do the bad motivators that it would be my reason for wanting to get into podcasting was one of my friends doing it and everything and showing me that like this is attainable this is possible to do and you don't have to have that much experience talking or anything like that. So I'm going to throw this out to the bad motivators as inspiring me to being willing to do this. So Kevin, what do you got? So I had originally one pick of the week and I changed it probably three minutes before we started recording this last segment. My pick of the week is anything that is not pumpkin beer. (laughs) And specific, I, I, I think I just kind of want to leave it at that. I don't <laughs> want to say any more. Okay. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and sign off for this week. I'm going to throw it around the table real quick. Uh, just tell us where we can find you and all that kind of stuff. So, Alex, where can we find you if we're wanting to learn more about your pumpkin cheese? <laughs> yeah, right now you can find me on Instagram at the.alex.experiment. And you can see all my crazy trials and experiments, such as my pumpkin beer cheese queso. I think this is two weeks we've brought that up, so next week it's dying. No more pumpkin. <laughs> I'm fine with that. No more pumpkin at all. Lucas, where can people find you? Uh, if you hit Instagram, at Lucas Ellers. That's my first name, and then just drop the S in my last name. Uh, that'll get you there, and you'll see everything that I do and do not do. So... And you do not do pumpkin beer. I do not do pumpkin beer, so you will not see a lot of pumpkin beer. <laughs> and I am Kevin. You can find me at Beer Bourbon Barbecue uh, on Instagram. Uh, again, posting just a bunch of pictures from today uh, of my bourbon journeys and beer journeys and barbecue journeys. Um, we also have some sweet merchandise if you're wanting to check out and get a Beer Bourbon Barbecue t-shirt. Alex is actually wearing one right now. Bourbon Tells the Best Stories. It's it's a fantastic t-shirt my lovely wife designed. Uh, you can find those at www.shopbeerbourbonbarbecuebbq.com. Um, we also have an email address. It's hello at shopbeerbourbonbarbecuebbq.com. Uh, we'd love for you to send us questions you may have. Contact us on Instagram. Uh, we're always looking for good content, guest hosts. So I've got a few people lined up that I think the next few weeks are going to be pretty exciting. So, gentlemen, any last thoughts? Anything? No, nothing other than, yeah, please reach out to us. We're, we're doing this not because we're experts, not because we, we think we need to share our knowledge with the world, but just because this is stuff we, we really enjoy and we enjoy the community around it and we want to get to know everyone. We want them to get to know us and just share our experiences and, and learn more about these things that we love so much. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not a big fan of pumpkin beer, but uh, Ballast Point has a lot of flavored beers that I am going to look into. So who knows, I may find something that's not beer flavored that I do enjoy. 
That's you mean big... pumpkin flavored. You're yeah. okay with beer flavored. I'm okay with beer flavored, but I mean, they have other things that are not beer or pumpkin flavored that I may look into. And, you know, this is all about experimenting, finding out what you like and everything. Don't stay limited to a box just because somebody tells you it's good or not. So, I think that's a fantastic way to wrap up this show. Again, we are sauced on beer, bourbon, and barbecue. And make sure you stay sauced. Stay sauced.